tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Thank you for tuning in for a very special edition of AfterBuzz TV's The Voice Of, where we interview the voice actors behind your favorite characters in all realms of the industry. Today I'm joined by a very fantastic guest. I am... Really, every time I have a guest in here, I'm surprised that they actually took the time to come and talk to us here at AfterBuzz TV. And this guy is no exception. He has been in everything. And, I mean, literally, like, I can't even... I look down a list of movies and, oh, there's your name on it. Guys, we have Jim Cummings with us today. Hello, everybody. Oh. Nice to be here, Stephen. Nice place you got here. Thank Let's you. Hear crowd. <sighs> yeah, we need more and We need crowd, more cheering. And the crowd went mild. Exactly. <laughs> right. Well, Fine. as long as they don't go Verde. That's right. If we're talking Taco Bell sauces <laughs> here. Oh, yeah. Well, you got the sticks with you, I right? Know. As a precautionary measure, this is what I do on the boring part. You know, other people's lines. Is that why I kind of hear that in the background Uh, on most of the Disney movies? (laughs) Other people were talking. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Jim. It's it's such a pleasure to talk to you. And guys, I know I said everything, but I'm going to list off just a few things that I'm just like, uh, I can't even just... Yeah, literally we could be here for hours just Mm. naming names. Taz, Dr. Dr. Robotnik, you were in Pirates of the Dark Water, you were Darkwing Duck, Transformers, Ed and the Lion King, Mighty Max, Aladdin, Courage the Cowardly Dog, Fuzzy Lumpkins, Winnie the Pooh, and Tigger, Cat Dog, Honda Onaka from Star Wars... Love that guy. Like that's probably like maybe one one hundred. I love I love those dudes. I know those guys. Yeah, really. Rings you're familiar. Rings a bell. I mean, Rings a bell. I didn't hear of Pooh until I was researching you. <laughs> ah, well, good. That's that's good. I'm, <laughs> I'm behind the uh, I'm behind the scenes. Ah. Well, apparently, we're ruining that today. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I want to just kind of start with your early life and just see mm-hmm. how you kind of got started in this crazy world of voice acting. Mm. So you grew up in Ohio. Mm-hmm. What What was your childhood like? Were you always kind of being the class clown, were you always like discovering voices and making your dogs talk to you back and forth, or something like that? I I, I always say that I uh, I learned my profession by getting kicked out of class a lot. You know, I would be <laughs> doing the dolphin noises or a squirrel in the back of the room. Wow, well, we don't have those here at St. Columba, Mister Cummings. <laughs> so um, you know, and and I just I pursued my uh, my demons and uh, apparently caught up with them and forced them to go to work for me and uh, so now i get to hang out with you so it, it worked out but i you know I, I i would always uh you know people say well how do you get started i i don't know exactly how you're supposed to but i know how i did i was always the kid i always you know even as a 10 year old i you know if i want to be in a play well i don't want to be the little prince i want to yeah. be the the monster or the the wizard or the ogre or the caveman you know something a little more fun than other than cheapers creepers we better hurry you know <laughs> no I, I wanted to be the, the 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 crazy character and so i guess i uh <coughs> excuse me i guess i was accidentally sort of doing uh research or background uh work for my profession as a you know as i grew older and then i got into speech class speech uh, tournaments and 
I was in the individual events, and I did a humorous interp for the the uh, NFL, the National Forensic League, not <laughs> not the other NFL. Apparently, there's another one out there that they're doing well too. But uh, I mean, not but, very well. Uh, not very well. But you know, I did that, and then I was always in plays. I was always in bands, and I was always. Uh, you know, the singer in the band and this and that. And one thing sort of led to another. And now I, you know, a lot of actors can't sing and a lot of singers can't act. And I can't do either. So they let me do both. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> so um, what did your parents think of this? Because I know you, you, you were definitely doing the plays. You're doing all that. But at the same time, you do mention getting thrown out of class. And yeah. I can relate to that a little bit. So the reaction's <laughs> yes, got to be hit and miss. Yeah, it wasn't it, it wasn't the greatest thing in the world for them to uh, think about. They're going, "What do you mean you're not going to college?" Well, they don't yeah. teach what I but I just trust me on this. And then it it seemed to work out. When I eventually when I, I bought them a house, they <laughs> They, get, well, well, they said, okay, it's all, okay, fine. You they know, gave you so, some sway. Yeah, all right. They, well, they invite you, you to, invited on, you to dinner go again. Go on, keep it up. <laughs> you know, so it worked. <laughs> so how do you end up going and ending up in New Orleans for, for a time? Like, how did that... And what was, were you well, just kind of like, I want something new, let's go do something, and then you ended up well, you making know, I floats? graduated high school, obviously. Uh, I did graduate high school. Uh, and my buddy got out of the Army, my buddy Bill Pfeiffer, and he said, well, I'm going to Mardi Gras. And I said, me too. You are? And I said, yeah, with you. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it was time to go. And I left Youngstown in the early 70s and uh, went down there uh, to Mardi Gras and uh, just kind of stayed. You know, really? I thought, you know... This is good. I, you know, I always wanted to go to Mar- New Orleans anyway, and um, I, I don't know. There was there was just something about it. Uh, it sort of called out to me, and so I answered that siren call. I think it was the red beans, but um, <laughs> and or, sausage. or the, the fried uh, crawfish. But mm. but no, it was it was great. I, I I went down there and I just fell in love with the place. I, I don't know anybody that goes there that doesn't. And I said, okay, I'm I'm going to live here now, and and uh, it worked out. Excuse me. I got a big fan right on my head here, and I got a cold, so maybe. Oh, let's turn the air off. Yeah, let's turn the air off. No worries. This is live. <laughs> so, but I just had a great time, and I thought I'll keep it up. Well, that's kind so, of yeah. like a that's a big move. I mean, I'm yeah. guessing you're 18 at the time. Yeah, I was you a kid, so it, probably didn't have much jobs other than just mowing lawns or anything like no. that. No, I was working in a steel mill, and uh, I, I I got to tell you, it was, geez, I was working like the the. The uh, 3 to 11 or 11 to 3 shift in the morning. And it was uh, about 3 a.m., uh, jet black, snow up to my thighs. Uh, but it le- but it was 10 below. Thank goodness the wind was blowing. So, uh, you know, and it was like God going, what do you want me to do? Write you an invitation? And so I left. And um, and Mardi Gras was much better than, than the, you know, uh, snow-capped mountains without the mountains. And... Um, I ended up designing and painting Mardi Gras floats, and it was a wonderful thing. Did that? Like, I always wonder because because I've been in I've been in Hollywood three and a half years now, mm-hmm. and it's crazy to me to see like the people that I moved here and immediately met, and to see them grow in their career and see where they end up. Like with you going to going to New Orleans, are there still people who kind of ended up in the same kind of field or ended up in Hollywood or just kind of stay, stay in contact with? Well, for me at the time, I, I see I, this whole concept of a bucket list is kind of current now, but at the time I didn't know it, and I accidentally got all of mine out of the way very early. Wow! So, uh, <coughs> excuse me. So I so I had to redo. I, I you know I wanted to be of all things I wanted to be a deckhand on a riverboat. Okay. Uh, got that out of the way. Um, 
Uh, you know, I read a lot of Mark Twain as a kid. He's my favorite author still. So you painted a fence, and, uh, too. Got uh, that yeah, out of the way. I painted a fence. Yes, I, that, that I took the precaution of doing that many moons ago. <laughs> but uh, that, and, you know, it's one of those crazy things. I always wanted to do Mardi Gras, and I thought it would be great to design Mardi Gras floats. And I did that. Um, and I wanted to be a drummer and a strip joint on Bourbon Street. Doesn't every young man. Yeah. Uh, so got that out of the way. And then I always knew that I would sing for a living, uh, paint on wall, And I did. I did, like, literally painted on walls, murals. And not necessarily graffiti. They paid me. But, <coughs> excuse me. Anyway, I uh, got that out of the way. And, um, you know, I always... In the back of my head, uh, from very early on, when I first saw Mel Blanc on television and Paul Winchell on television, I remember my dad saying, you see this guy right here? Yeah, Mel Blanc. Well, he's the guy that does the voice for that uh, Daffy and the Tasmanian Devil and, uh, you know, all those characters, the Foghorn Leger. I said, really? And I was thinking, wow, he's, you know, he's on TV. People like him. Mm-hmm. And when I pull that stuff in class, I get in trouble. So I knew way, way early on that w- when I grew up, I was going to do something like that. So uh, and, it's just finding how is yeah, really difficult. And uh, yeah, absolutely. And then ended up uh, getting married, moving to California, and uh, made my first demo tape. Got my first job, and here we are. So before we get into the whole the the, the voice acting in California. <laughs> What kind of music were you really into? Because I know there's a huge mm-hmm. blues revival down in, in down in New Orleans. Was that the kind of music? Like, what's your well, genre? You know, I I, uh, I was always the drummer in a band, and and uh, I, I just liked R and B. You know, um, and uh, that's what was so funny when I became the lead singer for the California Raisins. It's like, man, I sang these songs for free in the shower. <laughs> anyway, as a kid, I, sure, yeah, I'll, we'll sing Grapevine and all these Temptation songs, and so um, you know it. it uh, it was just a goal that I had, and I just mixed it all up and put it all together. And uh, what was the question? Was that? Are we still in the right neck of the woods here? <laughs> We're still in the right neck of the woods. Okay, yeah. yeah, but it, it, you know, it was just fun. I, I I knew that I would always do something like that, and I just put it all together. You know, the the music and the the acting and the the weird voices and the odd sounds, and you know, I. I'm talking about Shaft. You know, I all that stuff. I used to. It finally paid off, and, and so here I am. Yeah. Always wanted to be a raisin. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I'm I'm only twenty three or twenty four, and I mm-hmm. I had those toys as a kid. Oh, like, cool! Yeah, yeah they were, they were great. So, yeah. So okay, so you still have the drumsticks now. So I'm assuming you still play a lot. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, you know, definitely. I my joke is that it, this is something to give me something to do during the boring part. You yeah. know, when other people are talking. You know, uh, so uh, but it's something to do. Just keeps my fingers. You know, I got about three sets of drums and. Gosh, uh, percussion instruments from all over the earth. You know, my my house is it's loud. Is there loud any, and proud? Are, are there any bands or musicians out there now that you're kind of a fan of, like John Legend oh, or anything like that? Yeah, there's there's tons of them. Uh, love I, Arcade Fire these days. Okay. Uh, you know, Lady Antebellum. I mean, it's kind of I, it goes across the 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 board there. And I always will be crazy about Steely Dan and all the standards, the Beatles, the Stones. You know, James Brown, uh, Ray Charles. I, you know, I. I I uh I kind of like all the old school stuff too. I mean, way back to like uh uh Cap Calloway and uh you know, I pride myself on make uh forcing my kids to become accidental musical historians because <laughs> I'll play this song. You know, I could remember um when my first kid pregnant with my first couple kids, I'd I'd get a James Brown, Mozart, Steely Dan and hold headphones up to the the <laughs> 
so they came out like, mm, you know. But like you're uh, not going to like rap music, kids. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but no polkas. No polkas. Polkas and rap. No, I, they, I can't tell any polka apart, and I can't tell most rap apart. But uh, <laughs> so. All right, so you you finally you end up making the move to to California. You move mm-hmm. to Anaheim. Mm-hmm. Um, was this before or after you met Stephanie? Oh no, th- this is way before. Okay, I was married twice. Okay. Yeah, now I'm not married at all. But I have two great ex-wives and four great kids, so life is good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was definitely before. Okay. So mm-hmm. what what prompted the move to Anaheim to be like, hey, you know, I've done everything in New Orleans. I yeah. mean, well, uh, you know, I had a promise of a job. It was like selling pots and pans and pool cues and, and dinner knives, uh, which worked for a little while. But it was basically just a vehicle. Mm-hmm. An excuse to come to California, because that's where it all happens, you know. And I, for a while, I wanted to, you know, I was going to be Bruce Springsteen, or, or you know, I was going to be this and that. But you know, the thing is, when you're in a band, uh, the one thing that slowly washes over you is that you're dependent on everybody else in the band, you know. And if the bass player gets married or drafted, well, mm. too bad, drags you down. Yeah. So why do you choose Anaheim out of me, Los really Angeles? No Sorry. worries, don't worry about it. Um. Why do you choose Anaheim? Is it is it because Disney was there, or was it just kind of? No, I had a sister. Oh, okay. My sister Cookie lived there, so I uh, I said, oh, geez, okay, well, let's move to that city. Couch we surf. know that city. I've been there. That's good. And it was just uh, it was this just that simple. Moved there, and I got a job on uh, selling things over the phone. And I ended up working in the video store, which uh, my sister and brother in law. Uh, had started with some of their friends, and they started up a chain. So I managed one of them, and uh, Quentin Tarantino was not there, though. Oh, I know what you're thinking, but uh, no, he wasn't. He wasn't in on that. Well, you're still one. alive, so but I'm, I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> so what? How do you how do you make the jump from video store to oh, there's an audition. Let's check this out. See if mm-hmm. I can do anything with it and start a career that has over 500 voices and over. Well, at the time, I was just working on that first one, and. Uh, I, uh, I I made my demo tape, which I knew kind of you had to do. My buddy Chris Potter, he, he worked there, and he was a great engineer. So he helped, uh, you know, he put it all together for me. And I basically just started shopping it around. And the only people that I knew that were in the biz were uh, Bob Starr from uh, the former Voice of the Angels down there in Anaheim and uh, a fellow named Sal Romeo who produced a, sort of a B, uh, B-movie horror film soul survivor i think it was and i gave him my demo i made my demo here's the demo tape and he said well okay so he passed it around and it, and it worked he uh, got it to uh, don bluth productions and they called me back saying well we're not doing anything now but we'll hold on to it and they did and uh frank brant and caroline hay called me from left coast productions who were getting ready to do dumbo circus mm-hmm on this new channel, Disney Channel. Who would have heard of that? Yeah, and uh, I auditioned and got that job, and off to the races. Wow! So, can do you still remember what's on your what was on your demo tape? Like, do you still remember the voices and characters you played? Oh yeah, I still have it. Really? Yeah, I mean, I, I, not on me, but I but I still do have it. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was an Irish guy and a guy from India. And what we, we the the rub was that we were sitting there, just watching television and flipping through all the channels. Well, I was all the TV commercials, and I was the movie trailer, and I was the the uh, the comedy bits. It basically it was just all me talking to me, and um, I I guess I caught a few people's ear, and uh, luckily I got the very first job that I auditioned for. I thought that's how it worked. <laughs> 
No. No. <laughs> it's not. Just for the record. Mm-mm. Was there was there a realization after that job where you're just kind of like, oh, I didn't get anything, I didn't get anything, or was it fairly like you had a well, nice flow after that? Well, it wasn't until the third audition because I also got the second one, and I thought, <laughs> I know, I hate even telling that story because it's so unrealistic, and I don't think it will ever happen again. But uh, you know, I was just luck of the draw. I I remember going to the voice caster and Pam Pradisic over there. Uh, it was. Uh, it was a voice of a, a haunted house for a Mattel game or a, or a commercial or something. And it was, oh, it was one of those scary voices, you know, something <laughs> kind of corny. And uh, so I auditioned and she calls me the next day and says, oh, you got the job. I said, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. I auditioned for a job last week that I got, you know, and she says, well, good for you. And well, this is great. But it's Mattel, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, when do we record it? She goes, we're already done. I go, no, no, no. All I did was the audition. She goes, yeah, they're using the audition <laughs> you probably feel pretty damn good at this point what you know and i thought okay let's see two auditions two jobs only had to record one wow they used the audition has they pay you for since. that session fee though oh yeah okay. oh, of course, yeah yeah they did but it, it hasn't happened since okay so you haven't done you haven't done the consecutive yeah, booking used, yeah well maybe that but not certainly not where they use the audition that just doesn't happen. That's that's a good way but I'll though. Take like it. some some people move out here and they get discouraged by getting one job and then not getting any more. Yeah. So, but other people, I think in your case, it was more encouraging to know that the, your whole life you've been thinking this is possible, and now you're making money. Yeah, out it was doing just it. an accident, you know. As far as I knew, uh, and I I thought, oh, geez, this is great. Uh, can I have another audition, please? <laughs> well, right over here, just one more audition, another job, good. Of course, I don't think I got the next ten. So yeah, but I mean, one out of every hundred you get, yeah. and there you go. Um, I do want to ask: Do you have growing up as a kid doing everything for voices and all of this? <coughs> is there a character that you yourself created that you would always just kind of toy around with growing up in class, or even if mm. one of them you may have put on a demo tape one of these days? Gosh, uh, yes and no. I mean, I, I think that. Maybe the character Ray or uh, Darkwing was kind of uh, Darkwing Duck. Ray from Princess and the Frog and Darkwing Duck. I mean, you know, you're sitting around, you're playing Monopoly. Well, I think I'll just go ahead and uh, take Park Place. Or, you know, uh, and then it's just sort of pops out of me. But it wasn't a character. There weren't necessarily characters per se that are had names or anything. It was just like, you know, it was a reaction that, that popped out of me. Like I say, we're playing cards or Monopoly. Well, I don't think that's going to work, darling. You know, and that was sort of the the Cajun accent from New Orleans, and that would pop out occasionally. But it's it's not like they were sitting, laying there in the you know in in the wings, waiting for their close up. Okay. But uh, but it was fun. You know, it's all the the goofy things. Like I always say, it's just the stuff used to get me kicked out of class. And you know, I had this repertoire in my head, and I people said, "Well, how do you think of this? How do you do?" I, I don't. I don't think I do think. It's, uh, I jokingly say sometime that I, I think instincts are the best stinks. And, uh, you know, something hits you and you read some copy and the first thing out of your mouth is probably, you know, the wisest move. The, the, you know, it's, it's an instinctual thing. And, uh, you know, you're reacting to it. And if, and if you're getting a good reaction inside your own head, well, maybe folks outside your own head would like it too. So I just jump on it that way and just, I go with my gut reaction. And then if I kind of analyze it later and think it's no good, well, then I do. 
But uh, but right off the bat, you just jump in and do it. You well, know? it's been working Instincts. for you so far. Yeah, so far. Yeah. Well, it's very interesting to me because there's there's so many different types of people in this voice industry, and you have such a wide range of voices, of accents, of like tones mm. that you can pull out of your little toolbox, mm-hmm. and. It's so different because I, I just recently spoke with Phil Lamar here, mm-hmm. and he was talking about how when he was like – as he grew up in the industry and how he kind of learned to do voices, he's like you can have a certain voice and you kind of stay with that, but you can change it in certain ways and be a completely different character. Absolutely. So it's amazing to see the different sides of the spectrum where it's like you can be completely different or you can be the same yet different and still portray mm-hmm. so many different iconic characters. Right. I know what you mean. Well, Phil would know because he's pretty incredibly bodacious. That's for sure. <laughs> He's got a, he's got to talk about a wide spectrum, you know, Pulp Fiction to Futurama. That'll do. <gasps> Samurai Jack is my That'll favorite. That'll do. Like, I, 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 there you go. I loved it so there much. There you go. And shouting out Cartoon Network here, how did you get involved with Cartoon Network as, as your, like your first, first gig? Cause I know you're, you're Fuzzy Lumpkins, which mm-hmm. I saw that and I was like, oh, yeah. oh my God, I never would have thought. Yeah. And then, I mean, getting involved in Courage the Cowardly Dog, all these shows, like, is it just kind of knowing people, or is it really just auditioning randomly? Well, as far as the the auditions, you know, that's that's your agent's job to get you those auditions. Then it's your do- your job to get the job from the audition. So uh, at that point, you know that that that's just the the business of uh, the mechanics of it. But uh, you know, as far as knowing people or whatever, I I've always done like bad impressions of uh, my relatives. And, uh, good impressions of other people. And, and I have a philosophy that if, uh, if you do a terrible impression of someone that everybody knows and they have no idea who the heck is that, that doesn't sound like Clint Eastwood at all, you know, or Stallone or Catherine Hepburn, well, that's good. That's a new character. Hmm. If you didn't recognize my impression of whoever I was doing, okay, that's a new character. And if you do a perfect impression of someone that nobody knows, like, oh, I don't know, my Uncle Sam, God rest his soul. Well, I did a perfect impression of my Uncle Sam, but he wasn't very famous. So as a result, Uncle Sam has been a few dragons and ogres and tough guys in general. So that's where, you know, you just you kind of... You know, and I think you're born doing that, or, or you're not, uh, as far as uh, just the sponge aspect. I, I read I read some quote from uh, James Dean about being an actor, and part of it is just being an observer. The, the first part, I think, is observing and absorbing. Uh, whether, you know, whether you're thinking about it consciously or not, you know, things are going around you. I mean, it could be the president. It could be your ne- next-door neighbor. It could be, you know, you're absorbing people's attitudes and their... Their, their syntax, their grammar, their timing, where the placement is. You know, some people are, you know, they just naturally, it comes out of here, you know, where the, the Truman Capote or, and then, yeah, you know, another guy, John Wayne would be down, you know, mm-hmm. and you, you, you're saying, well, okay, now where's that coming from? Where's that coming from? And you kind of categorize it and uh, you end up with a Rolodex of critters. And you pull them out, I guess. I'm really kind of surprised I've never heard it put that way. <laughs> Because people usually think so closely, like, oh, if I do an impression mm-hmm. of my friend, everybody's going to know him because, like, the circle of friends. But if you do it on audition, nobody's going to know who yeah. he is. Yeah. So that's actually really cool. Yeah, I never even thought of it that way. Yeah. So with with Cartoon Network, what was what was like your favorite role to play on that? Oh. Now, and I know it's hard to choose favorites because you're basically choosing between all of yourselves. Yeah. Uh, gosh. I've done tons of things over there. Um, you know, Cat Dog was a heck of a lot of fun, but that was Nickelodeon. That's uh, perfect, Jim. That's a good. <laughs> thank you for that. Um, 
I love cat dog though. It was, it was great. Thank you. Me too. Apparently, but, uh, <laughs> no. As far as Cartoon Network, gosh, uh, who sees Courage and and Fuzzy? You know, I, you know, I, I don't really tailor it. I don't think uh, I, I don't think any of us really tailor it to. Um, a specific uh, venue, mm-hmm. uh, unless I mean, well, obviously, if you're doing Warner Brothers and you're trying to replicate, you're doing Taz. That's Warner Brothers. Uh, you know, Darkwing, Tigger, you know, Ray, Lion King, Disney, uh, and and of course DreamWorks. You know, from Shrek and the various ones. You know, you're you're, you're tailoring it in the sense that you got to do that voice right because it's it's their their it's, guy. Yeah, it's a trademark. You know, voice it's a technique. trademark critter and. Uh, but uh, as far as that goes, you know, you just you tailor it really, really to the project, not necessarily the network, but definitely to the project. Like, you know, some things are just very, very, very straightforward. Um, like, like Family Guy, if you think about it, the, the voices themselves aren't particularly insane or wacky or crazy. You know, uh, you know, Peter and the, the gang, they, they sound like regular people, but it's all in the writing and it's all in that, that incredible, uh, writing and amazing talent that Seth has that brings it to it. So you could say that that's his groove and that's his thing there, but you know, that'll follow him anywhere. And, yeah. uh, you know, uh, you're, you're just doing it for, you're, you're tailoring it to the project, to the character more so than, to the venue or to the network or to the the channel you know uh that's that's the way i do it too what what are we working on what are we doing all right that's the bullseye i'm aiming for that's awesome you know, yeah. it's i mean it's good not to have favorites but it's good mm-hmm. to have a reason not to have favorites as opposed yeah. to yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah so just i really, practically speaking you know so darkwing duck Mm-hmm. Um, the, the host who originally booked you was Megan Salinas, <laughs> Megan, Megan's mm-hmm. favorite host here. She's great. And she was so sad that she couldn't be here today. Um, she has tons of questions about Darkwing Duck. Oh, okay. So. Well, I've got tons of answers. She says that it must have been a ton of fun, which I'm assuming it was. Oh, yeah. Because that's like, that's such an oh, iconic yeah. voice. Were you allowed to improvise with the role at all? Like, were you allowed to just kind of go crazy a little bit? You know, it it never – I don't even know if I was allowed to. But uh, I guess I was because I did. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think um, certain of us – I mean, certainly with me, I, I know that I'm they, – they just admit. They say, well, we hired you because we're not – Crazy about this, <laughs> if you want to put something else in there, you know, it made me funnier, that'd be okay. So I have a lot of conversations like that. Uh, and, you know, I tend to, uh, you know, the thing is, you, you have to keep the writers happy, you have to keep the producers happy, directors. So, by all means, for crying out loud, say what they wrote. You gotta do it. You gotta do it. Now, on the next take, maybe something just pops into your head. And uh, with Darkwing, it was very much that. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm so sorry. But um, I guess an example: when we first started out, we knew that there would always be the, um, uh, the 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 famous catchphrase: "I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the bug that splatters across the windshield of crime. I am Darkwing Duck." Well, it would always be "I am the terror that flaps in the night." The next line, then always be, I am Darkwing Duck. Well, you know, they, they wrote any number of them uh, as we went along. And then somewhere subconsciously in, in my head, I, I wasn't editing and I wasn't really trying to do this. But I go back to my instincts, uh, or the best instincts thing. And I would just Tourette something out. 
in that middle line. And toward the end of the show, uh, the end of the, 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 the run there, it would be, I am the terror that flaps in the night. Jim will probably say something here that I didn't write anyway, so why am I bothering? <laughs> I am Darkwing Duck. <laughs> so it, it was, I mean, that would be in the script. They would literally write that. Or it'll be like, um, did you ever read it that way? Just, uh, <laughs> yeah, just, just cause. Well, it said it, you know, um, so, you know, uh, I, I would just, uh, do that. And then, you know, different projects lend it, lend themselves to that more than others. Uh, I, geez, uh, one of my all time favorites, uh, is Ray, uh, from Princess and the Frog. Uh, he's one that I came up with and I was very, very proud to be, to be there, um, for a million reasons, but, uh, I, gosh, I don't, I don't think, I don't think, uh, the final recordings were anything even close to what were written. I don't think I said one line that was actually written, <laughs> except the one about, uh, yo, well, you could call me Raymond, but everybody call me Ray. You know, that, that was my main man right there. And I don't think I said one word they wrote. I mean, I did, but then I just kind of kept going. Because especially in a movie, you're never going to do one take in a movie. Yeah. You're going to be there a while. And you want it that way. You know, you want, you know, if there's one chance of getting 2% better, uh, half percentage point better by doing a whole nother take or two or three or four, then let's do it. You know, well, so it seems I'm like there. it works because Disney, Disney, or Princess and the Frog is actually <coughs> one of the highest viewed videos out there in the last 10 years from disney anyway and rightly so yeah no, I'm not, I'm, no. i didn't know that but i'll take it yeah no yeah lots of people I'm like, very happy about that a lot moment. of it's because a lot of the younger generation aren't getting they're not getting the lion king they're not getting mm. like the yeah. older disney movies so they're depending on these newer movies that the parents find at like target the parents just find here yeah. they're like hey let me pick this up for my kid and they love it and it introduces them to disney and I, yeah. was, I wasn't even I wasn't a Disney kid growing up. Mm-hmm. I I depend on my our, our producer Marissa. She forces me to watch all these movies because I never watched them as a kid. Very good, good for her. <laughs> well, I think that's good. You know, I've got I've got uh, adult kids, and uh, my daughter Raleigh is a very accomplished actress. In fact, she just won Best Actress in a Web Series at the Chicago Comedy Film Festival. So. Wow. Raleigh Jackson Jones is her name, and she can tell you all about Casablanca and just I mean all the old classic films, and she knows all the old actresses and actors, and and I think it's good. I think it's good to be a bit of an historian there. Besides, if somebody makes a reference and and you have to pretend like you know, <laughs> yeah, play it again, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Sam. He's a nut. Barn me up, Scotty. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just you got to know what you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's actually really interesting to talk mm-hmm. about old Hollywood. We could probably go into it for oh, hours. Yeah. I have I have a signed Penny Singleton like framed thing in my car right now. There you and go. And most people would be like, "Who's that?" And I'm like, "Who's that?" Well, yeah. <laughs> but, Come on. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's so that's what I love about this industry because 20 years from now it's going to be completely different. 20 years ago mm-hmm. it was completely different, but there's still those set names. That just carry on with it, oh, and yeah. it's amazing to look back that you moved. You were here in 1980. Mm-hmm. This is now 35, about 35 years later, and you're still working in the voice industry, and you're still playing some of the most iconic roles that people who were kids 20 years ago are like, "Oh, I know who that is." Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I'm very fortunate in that sense. I, I just recently started doing a few uh, conventions here and there, you know, comic cons and animation cons, and. 
And I, I it's so gratifying. I, I don't know. It's like I, I, I get teared up sometimes. Uh, you know, people will meet me and they'll, they'll, they'll talk about, uh, like the, these, this one sweet, uh, set of twins. They came, came up to me and they're, uh, maybe they're like 27. And they go, well, you know, our mom, we kind of decided that you kind of raised us. And I said, huh? Okay. I, <laughs> Uh, how'd I do? You look great. And, you know, jokingly, and she said, well, no, you know, we were, we were the quintessential latchkey kids. You know, dad was gone and, uh, mom would, you know, get us ready for school in the morning while she would set the VCR. Remember those? And we would record, uh, uh, the new adventures of Winnie the Pooh in the morning. And then for the Disney afternoon in the afternoon, we'd come home, we'd go in, we'd rewind the tape and we'd watch, um, Chippendale's Rescue Rangers, Tailspin, Aladdin, Darkwing Duck, Goof Troop, you know, on and on. And by the time those were over, mom was home. Oh, wow. And, uh, it, you know, that was our, our thing. We had to, we were doing our homework and we were watching Don Carnage or, or King Louie on Tailspin, you know, and, uh, and, and, and it's like, he goes, so thank you. And these two, Grown adults come up and they're hugging me and thanking me for raising them. And I'm going, oh, you're welcome. <laughs> you know, what do I do? I'm a puddle, you know, and, and Winnie the Pooh gets that too, obviously. And, uh, from, from back in the day. And, uh, and so many people just really have a, a deep appreciation of that. And, you know, I think because of the nature of my end of the business, it's not like we're on stage and we don't, you know, you don't hear applause right then yeah. and there. Uh, you're in a room. You're uh, like this, and we're recording, and and it goes out, and you hope folks like it, and then uh, you get to meet them uh, after the fact, and and it warmed their hearts, and it and it gave them good memories, and and warm and fuzzy, and I'm just uh, hand me a tissue, please, David. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm having a moment, but no, it's it's really gratifying. It's it's just wonderful. At what point did you realize that your voice could have a profound effect on so many people? Like when did in your career did you were like, oh my god, this is really this really changes things for people. Yeah, I, gosh, I, I you know, I don't want to, I don't tend to dwell on it because it seems a bit self-serving, but, uh, you know. Uh, you can blame me because yeah, I asked. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I've, I've known for a while and it's, uh, and it's when, and it's when people come up and they'll say, well, you know, I, I was down in the dumps or this had happened or that had happened. And then I would go home and I would put on and, and Darkwing Duck saved the day almost, you know, like every time. And I go, I don't know. He got his butt kicked a lot too. And they go, well, that's true, but that worked. And, and, you know, and it just becomes a part of the fabric of everybody's life. And, and I, and I stop and think about it and I, and I think to myself, well, you know, I felt that way about, uh, gosh, the, the Flintstones. I felt that way about Looney Tunes. And so I'm going, yeah, oh, wow, yeah, okay. Cause you can't, um, I mean, it's, I, I, it's like the Beatles were saying, well, yeah, we, we're, we aren't Beatles fans. How could you not be? If, oh, that's right. You're the Beatles. <laughs> you know, it's, so it's okay. Not that I'm in that comparison, but uh, you know, you don't tend to think of yourself that way so much as, you know, like, like for me, it would be, I would think of Paul Winchell that way or Mel Blanc or, or Paul Freese or June Foray, who is, is still with us and just crushing it. Uh, so. Uh, you know, it's this kind of thing that kind of washes over you, but I, I don't want to, I don't dwell on that because it's, it's kind of like a, a surefire recipe to get a big head. So yeah, you got to stay humble. Yeah, and I really am just glad to be here. I really am because I, I could be digging ditches or, or detailing cars or whatever, and this, this is almost a lot better. You, you could do some little pretty good better. Mardi Gras floats. Uh, that's true. I mean, that's just true. imagine yeah, how your I've life could be. 
I've done that though. <laughs> Have you skydived? Is that a bucket list? Uh, no, but my daughter has. So you can you can you can bucket list vicariously. Yeah, her. yeah, exactly. So Winnie the Pooh. Pretty much, I mean, you go anywhere in this world, and you will see Winnie the Pooh. That's true. How and did the you... anti poo Taz? Oddly enough, which is <laughs> the anti poo kind of scary. <laughs> um. Okay, really quick. Can you do, can you do Taz for me? Oh, sorry. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much. <laughs> so, Taz so, with a cold. So Winnie the Pooh, how, how did how did this come about? Like, was there like, I feel like there's like this long, extensive process of, we have to find the next Pooh. Well, no, I, I see at the time, uh, this is 87. Um, gosh, when would it be? 64-ish or something? Anyway, it had been over 20-some years since uh, Winnie the Pooh had been out there, and it was just those three shorts. They, they, I guess they, uh, Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2, A Day for Eeyore, and I'm going to forget the other one. Something Winnie the Pooh and it. A Blustery Day. Oh. Well, they put the three shorts together and made it sort of like one long movie-length film, and it won an Academy Award uh, that year in the 63, or whatever the word Well, I was in the audience then. I didn't, you know, never in a thousand years, but I thought I'd, you know, maybe if they ever reboot this in like 25-some years from now, <laughs> I'll probably audition and become Winnie the... No, you just don't think that. And um, But that's actually what happened. I guess it was uh, 87, and this is back when ABC and Disney were two separate entities, and they thought, well, we're going to fill up our Saturday morning. Let's let's call Disney. And, you know, Pooh hasn't been around in a while, but he made a nice splash a while back. And see, now I think it's more established because we've had the shows and the movies and the Thanksgiving and the Valentine's Day and, you know, uh, Shrove Tuesday specials that have been on TV for years and years now. Um, I've been doing Pooh for... 27 years, so it's it's got a little back, uh, little catalog uh, worth of uh, stuff there, and uh, but at the time it, it was kind of fresh, so they said, well, you know, we got to cast the net. Well, of course, Paul Winchell, uh, well, Paul Winchell, the original Tigger and Sterling Holloway are, are no longer with us now, but at mm-hmm. the time they were. Well, Sterling was basically retired. Um, uh, you know, he was an, he was quite old. Uh, God rest his soul. And then and Paul uh, as a actually was not so he he was he was still hopping around and bouncing around so he was tigger in the very original shows mm-hmm. uh <coughs> but <clears throat> the thing is they they had to recast Pooh, and they recast basically the whole cast anyway uh because a lot of the originals were not there but hal smith rest his soul too he was the original owl and he came back and he was owl for the show and so that was good and they just basically went just like any other cartoon show, uh, they th- cast out a wide net, called all the agents, said, bust out your best Sterling Holloway, Winnie the Poohs, and uh, Tiggers, and Owls, and Rabbits, and fill in the blank, Eeyore, and uh, we all went out, and I, I think I auditioned for Tigger and Eeyore, maybe Owl, and certainly Pooh, and uh, I remember getting a call back, and it was... And this is an odd one, but I, I said, so, because I, 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 I couldn't, I mean, I was in the business for maybe a year and a half, two two years, it was kind of new, and and again, Pooh wasn't around at the time, so it wasn't as big a, an entity then as it is now, as he is now, but uh, I found out that Stirl, um, uh, E.G. Marshall had read for it, and that Burgess Meredith was kind of up for it, 
And I'm thinking, wait a minute. The body, the body, Rocky, Rocky. I'm thinking, that. what is wrong with that picture? Anyway, I, <laughs> I, I landed the job of Winnie the Pooh, and then uh, subsequent to that, Paul was going back and forth to Africa because at the time, in the late 80s, there was a huge drought and a huge famine over there. And he was a man of the world. And he, Paul Winchell was really something. He was a, he was a renaissance man. He, you know, he... Uh, invented one of the prototypes of the first artificial heart, Knucklehead Smith and Tigger. So it's an obvious uh, link. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just what you do, I guess. But um, uh, he was going back and forth doing research over there to eradicate famine. And so he was here for a few months, then he was gone for six months. So I was kind of like Tigger Light. Uh-huh. Uh, I was pitching, and then he'd come back, and then he'd catch up on a few shows, and then I'd sub sub for him, and then he'd come back. Well, ultimately, uh, you know, God bless him, he he had a stroke. It was it was kind of tough, uh-huh. and then uh, then ultimately he was gone, and and so I've been uh, Poo and Tigger since then. Um, you know, who knows what tomorrow is going to hold, but uh, but uh, that's that's really all it was. It was just casting a, a net uh, as wide as they could. And uh, I, I thank God I, I got the job. I know it's yeah. it's really amazing that you say yeah. now because I didn't know the history that that it wasn't really yeah. the biggest thing because like that's basically I mean that's basically winning been the voice actor lottery years at the time at the time. Did you so you did you have any idea how big it would become? <clears throat> like uh-huh. any clue at all? No, I mean you know you just show up and 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 you we I think the the very first show was. Uh, Pooh ought to be in pictures, and it was Winnie the Pooh and the gang ending up in the movie theater watching it. And it was still that through the looking glass and um, that, uh, you know, living inside Christopher's, not walking, uh, <laughs> Robin's imagination. And, uh, you know, Pooh, no. Uh, and it, it was that world, and, uh, I, you know, you just show up and you do it, and you hope for the best. And apparently it worked, so... Do you ever visit Disney and have them put the costume on you just so you could? Um, no. <laughs> too hot? Mm, just too. Just too anything. No, I, <laughs> I just, no, I, people have asked me that and I go, no, no that's, that's actually not me. But you, you know, do, you do call guys. people as poo, like for, oh, well, like make a wish, yeah. correct? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I do that like, gosh, uh, two or three times a week, not necessarily if they're sick or just, just for, if they're happy, you know, or, and if not, I'll make them happy, you know, <laughs> and, um, yeah, I, d- I did one yesterday uh, for friends. You know, it'll be like the engineer. Hi, uh, hey, Jim, uh, you know, um, my nephew's nine, and he's uh, he's crazy about Tigger. Could you bounce for him a little bit? Well, certainly. Don't pay with decorates. You know, and I'll do a little thing for for them, or Tigger, or Taz, or Darkwing, or whoever it is. And, you know, I, I figure it's kind of like it falls into the category of the least you could do. You know, um I mean, I I put myself in the position, you know, if I was eight and my uncle or dad or somebody brought back a a, a little cassette tape for me to listen to with, with Bugs Bunny on there or Daffy Duck talking directly to me saying my name, I, my head would have exploded. So, so I like exploding those little heads, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's it's good to see that little face light up, you know, but every now and then. You know, I'll do Pooh or Tigger or anybody that, that you know, and it'll be like a three-year-old girl, and they, they go, <laughs> and they're going, he really doesn't look that way on TV. What's, what happened? The camera adds this some yellow. This man swa- swallowed, you know, dark, the, uh, whoever, <laughs> fill in the blank. <laughs> 
what did he do? You know, so so it scares them, but at the same time, yeah, I think the phone call is a little bit, yeah, a little bit better in some respects. Well, the parents are usually there. No, it's okay. It's right. He didn't swallow Winnie the Pooh. He's just okay. he's just the telephone. Yes, he's yes he's the yes what you said the telephone right into the I'm imagination. The right. <laughs> um. Do you do you we're recording like Winnie the Pooh and Tigger at the same time or any any characters when you're playing multiple roles on one show? Do you do all the lines for one character then all the lines for the other or do you kind of switch back and forth throughout the script? Uh, both. I I used to do. Um, I used to do Pooh and Tigger simultaneously, not simultaneously, but, uh, but it, it helps that we're schizophrenic and so are we, so that's not bad. But no, I would do Pooh first, uh, and then launch right into Tigger, and I would do it, well, I'm sorry, Tigger, but don't be redecorate, you know, and then I, 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 it was never pointed out, but in my own mind, I, I didn't want them to bump into each other or blend, so at this point I've always, you know, for years now, I've, I said, let's do all the Pooh, then we'll do all the Tigger, and, um, you know that's just 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 for separation's sake, but uh like probably the most egregious insane example of that would be uh bonkers d bobcat uh also a Disney afternoon favorite from back in the day, and I was bonkers and I was lucky Pakel, his human counterpart and they you know the thing is you you can't have two cartoon characters overlap each other at the same time because the animators are going wait which who's saying what what am i doing you know so and the, the comedic timing is lost so you have to do them separately so i would do all the bonkers and i would say but 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 oh oh no get, but i you you don't under and in my head i'm having the um Lucky Piquel, his his uh, his lieutenant saying, "Bonkers, you don't no do you, no you let me do no don't you don't you bop, 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 bop. no no you shut up and you listen to me right now," and I would hear that in my head while I was saying bop, bop, bop. and I was you know in my head was lucky. Then we would record that, play it back. Then I would insert the other guy okay. in the gaps. So the beats would so, yeah. be in shot. Yeah, and it would be sort of an organic way. And it felt really good. And it sounded like two people talking to each other and pissing each other off and <laughs> po- apologizing to each other later. So, Does it ever freak you out when you hear your own voice in like, videos and things like that? It's odd. It, I mean, at first, I, I, I'm really used to it now. But uh, I, I, see, the thing is, I'm, uh, I always say that... You know, when I go to a movie or, or a show or a TV show or, or commercial, I mean, you know, I, I'm just in the audience, you know, and I'm and I'm thinking, okay, was that was, was that good? Yeah, okay, I laughed. You know, it's uh, I, I because I, I it's so easy to get into a thing where, oh God, I wish I just, oh God, I wish I did that. Oh my gosh! And oddly enough, because today I have an allergy or a cold, that's like the one thing that I won't do. This isn't a a voiceover job per se, so I'm okay. I guess I can do it, but. Once in a blue moon, I would record something where I was just sick as a dog. And then I'd hear it later, and I'd go, oh, God, I sound like I was sick as a dog. Well, you were. And uh, I'll just take off work, and I'll I'll stay home. I'll say, guys, I'm so, so sorry. but Because to me, it's all of it is the Every one of them is the Super Bowl. Every one. Every single one. Um, <coughs> excuse me. It's, um, you know, they're all title fights. Because uh, if you think about it, I mean, uh, a good example, 1939, uh, Gone with the Wind, Wizard of Oz, and Snow White all came out. Now, they're all three still viable entities out there. They re-release each of those every now and then. And uh, and that was 1939. 
and they just don't go anywhere. They stay out there. So if you kind of do a less than your best, you don't want that to be out there just for all don't time. Want it because it stays there, and, it's and especially there with the internet now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. So I, I, I tend. To, you know, I care. I just. You know, I don't. I don't want to put anything mediocre out there. Well, your so. voice is your brand, so mm, yeah, you, I get, yeah, yeah. So you don't need that. You don't need anything negative to be against that. Exactly. So let's talk about villains. Bum, bum, bum. Okay, you've played some pretty amazing villains. I mean, thank you. You were, and the one that pops to mind, even though it's probably not even the, the most famous one, is Aladdin. Like oh, not sure, many people, yeah. not many people can say you were an Aladdin. Can say they were an Aladdin. Yeah. Just, just to be perfectly honest. But what, what was like? What's like one that you remember you're doing like as a villain? You're just like, yeah, it was bad. Oh uh, wow! Well, there's a few of them. Uh, I got to see. I don't even know if Hondo Onaka really qualifies as a villain per se. And uh, same with Don Carnage, even though they were both pirates, but. Um, there are a few out there that, uh, see, I think the bad guys can have just as good a time as the good guys. I mean, Captain Hook, like, except for the, the hand thing, he looked like he was having a pretty good time. I mean, yeah. he, on, on board, he, he, he was the captain. And, um, there, I mean, there are a couple guys out there, I mean, even in video games, like, uh, was it Call of Duty? I think it is. I'm the, or no. Oh, God, I'm going to forget the name of it. Anyway, it's, uh, I'm the guy that you got. I think it is. No, it's not Call of Duty. What is it? Um, well, you did Knights of the Old Republic. You did, um, uh, it's the one assassin. where. I think you did. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, the one where you go and, oh, gosh, my nephew called me about it. Oh, but Jim, is this you? Are you the guy that you go to to buy a bunch of ordnance? And I'm the guy that sells all the, the okay. uh, ammunition to the guys. Um, was it Mafia or something? I don't, I don't have it here. God, I'm so sorry. That, that's one weird thing about video games is if you're not a gamer, it's you're not going to see them in reruns. You're not going to see them on the screen. So if you if you if you don't keep it fresh, it, it kind of fades on you. But I've done, and then there was one called Splatterhouse. I was the terror mask. Probably as bad as anything can be. Uh, you know, he just basically ripped people apart. It was might as well have been Jason or I think that's Michael the anti-poo. Myers. From, I think that's the anti-poo. Not that Taz. could be. Yeah, yeah. But he, he had a great build. He worked out really well. But uh, I, you know, villains have a good time, and you know, Pete was a Pete the the cat. Yeah, he he's a pretty severe villain. And in the Three Musketeers, at first. Donovan Cook, uh, the producer of the uh, Mickey and the Three Musketeer- Mouseketeers, was—I uh, mean, he had him really. I'm going to get that Minnie Mouse. She's doomed, I tell you. She'll be picking potatoes with a stepladder. I'm, you know, and then we had to tone that down because you're not allowed to throttle Minnie. <laughs> you're not. It's not right. What? No, just oh. can't do it. I've been watching every episode to find out the when he finally nah, does it. Nah, 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 nah. Oh. Dang. <laughs> but bad guys have their fun. Bad guys definitely have their fun. Yeah. So, you know, you wanted to do the bad guys from the beginning. I mean, that's what you're talking about. Early life. <sighs> okay. It's I, I, I'm literally, like, looking over my notes thinking, like, where do I go from here? There's so many characters. Like, I could just go, I could go everywhere. You could go to Dr. Robotnik as a villain. You can go to like. That's true. You can go to the guy from Courage, man, and Fuzzy Lung. Okay. A friend of Snivelly's. <laughs> that hedgehog. I, I used to have a lot of fun with uh, Robotnik, too. I remember the one time. Well, Your Majesty, we, we've got some prisoners, and we. Well, they'll be. Did you say. <sighs> prisoners. 
prisoners are good. Now, see, we don't want to know what Robotnik's doing with those prisoners. <laughs> but but just that reaction, you know something's up. He's They're not playing cards. I need to get Roger Craig Smith in here while you're in here and get some Sonic Robotnik <laughs> action going on. Do our own little like live yeah, improv Sonic absolutely. show. Okay, so you got a few things coming up. One of them is rumored... Is the that you're on is the Chippendale Rescue Rangers film? Can, right. Can you talk about that at all? Like about your involvement? I would love to. Uh, speaking of villains, Fat Cat was one of my favorite. Uh, he was the bad guy on that show. But um, you know, I don't know. I I I read that. I found like the president. I didn't know about that. I read it in the paper. <laughs> but I really did. I I I think it was Variety. Uh, and I think that inspiration came perhaps from. Alvin and the Chipmunks, uh, people like Chipmunk movies. Okay, well <laughs> Disney has some too. Let's use our Chipmunks. Our Chipmunks will beat theirs. Let's and dress I'm them up like Burt Reynolds and uh, Indiana Jones. Yeah, <laughs> as, you know what? As long as um, as uh, you know, they don't get Russell Crowe to do Monterey Jack. I'll be okay. Uh, you know, Peter Cullen could do it. That'd be fine. If I did it, that'd be fine. But you know, I don't. You know, no Russell Crowe. No, no Russell Crowe. I'm uh, Marcus yeah, we enough with the famous faces. <laughs> well, we are we are getting that a lot, and that was Man. kind of some of the controversy that we talked to a little bit with Roger. How he was on, um, he was in Planes, and mm-hmm. he was on it for so long, and the whole cast kept getting rotated out. With new celebrity gets put on, new mm. celebrity gets put on. Um, can you speak to that at all? Like, has that ever happened to you? In which case, you've just lost the job for a face. You know, uh, probably so. Um, I don't know. I I joke around sometimes and say that I'm I'm like the token uh, non celebrity. Um, like in Zambezia, I think I was. Uh, I, I ended up being. Uh, I spent a little time in Africa, so I had a pretty, fairly decent Afrikaans or whatever accent. So I I think I just ended up uh, in the, the movie Zambezia. I think it went direct to video. But it was uh, Samuel L. Jackson got to beat me up, and Jeff Goldblum got to save me. And uh, let's see, Abigail have Breslin was there, and it's all the famous faces, and yet I'm the bad guy trying to eat everybody. And I think I only lasted because they just got tired of hearing me and got used to hearing me, and never got around to casting, you know, Forrest Whitaker or so. <laughs> I I don't know, you know, but I'll take it. I'll take it. <coughs> but um, as far as that goes, I. You know, I get it. Um, you know, uh, well, why wouldn't you have Brad Pitt in your movie if you could? I, I guess, you know. But it's funny. He won't return my phone calls because I told him, I said, Brad, Brad, buddy. And he said, who are you? I said, I promise I'll leave Angelina alone if you leave my movies alone. He hasn't done it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, you know, I'm dating Angelina now. Yeah, Angelina. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. So yeah, he's. I'm paying a horrible price. No, I'm kidding. But you know, honestly, I I get it. They can go on the t- Tonight Show or, or on you know one of the Kimmel or fill in the blank and talk about the movie. You know, if uh, you know if Robert Downey Jr. is in it or Tom Cruise is in it, he's going to go on there, and you're going to get a little extra spiff. And I think the producers like kind of hanging out with the with those guys too. I I, I get that too, but uh, it's not as though you're walking by a schoolyard and hear kids going, "Wow, you know, there's a new movie coming out this weekend." Yeah, but I'm not going unless Martin Sheen's in it. <laughs> you just you're not going to hear that. Kids don't even know who Martin Sheen is they nowadays. Anyway, I don't even. I honestly, right now, I couldn't tell you who Pinocchio was. Or the the person that did the voice, or or Peter Pan, or 
you know, fill in a blank. I mean, some of them I know, but but they're not all Robin Williams. God bless them. You know, uh, uh, he, he you can't you lose a job to a guy like that. Okay. <laughs> you know, well, I got it. I was avoiding saying Robin Williams just sure. because it is so soon after this. But like some of <coughs> even like some of your mannerisms and some of the things like the best in, the best instincts or the instincts like mm. that reminds me so dearly of the kind of things he would say. Like, did no, you did be. you know him or no, no, uh, not really. Um, it's funny. Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't. But um we obviously worked together on a few things. We, you know, the, the movie Aladdin, we did that. And of course, he, he, talk about ad libs. It was only ad lib with Robin. <laughs> you know, uh, God bless him. He's uh, like a force of nature. But, um, you know, uh, we did the sequel to that. And Danny Castellaneta, uh, was the genie for that one. Well, it, I, it sold through the roof. The, uh, DVD, it was direct to DVD. And I think Robin heard how well it sold and went, well, you know, I think I'll be back. I'll I'll come back and do the genie. So he came back for the third one, and it's funny because he he had libs a lot, and apparently I had libbed a lot, and we were se- recording separately. But uh, I remember, and it and it made it to the final cut, and, and the third uh, Aladdin and the Prince of Thieves. Uh, there's a scene where my guy Rasul, the big uh, tough guy who took his orders directly from Jafar, was in a sort of a courtroom scene, and and I had lived something, and and Robin had to apparently do some re-recording afterward or whatever, and he ended up saying, "Oh, really? Well, oh well, I, I'll have Mr. Cummings know that I'm the, uh, the head, you know, ad lib guy around here, and I will, I will not take any guff from a tertiary character." And, and, he, and he rolled up, and he indicated that he was leaning over and, and rolled up Rasul like a window blind and and flipped him off the screen and he was gone well that's in this it's in the show so uh i I wasn't a an official run-in or working with him but there you have it (laughs) he basically killed your character yeah he was right he won (laughs) rightly so so what do you what do you think of movies nowadays that that are putting budget over quality? Like when we have when we have celebrities that get paid thirty million dollars to do a movie, and then you have higher quality voice actors who come and pay get paid less, and you have a better quality movie. Yeah. I mean, do you think people should really try to focus on creating like new Casablancas and new new amazing movies that'll last, as opposed to now like movies are made every three months now. Yeah. Like literally, you can spit out a new movie like that. Mm-hmm. And nobody remembers them in two right, years. Right, right. Well, I think, I think too, a lot of times when you try to be super, super current right up to the minute, I mean, in anything, it could be language, fashion, politics, anything, anything that you're right up to the minute for with, like if, if there was a Pog movie out there, <laughs> I you're, hope just not, not. you're just not going to go see it now. Slammers see in it. theaters. It's not going to happen. 2015. Yeah, if you want to be out of date tomorrow, be up to date today. So uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, it's like Walt Disney said, it, it all started with a mouse, but it's the story first. It's the story that gets you. Uh, look at look at Mary Poppins. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's the story. and um, It transcends time. It absolutely does, and and uh, you know, uh, you know, the best guy for the job, and it, it should be the way it goes. But you know, I get it. You know, publicity and and you know different things like that. Uh, you know, you can get a, a guy going out on television and talking about it, and you get a little more spiff. So eh, what are you going to do? You can't fight city hall. But on the other hand, hire me first. <laughs> <laughs> so last question, really quick. I noticed your pin on your hat. You have Darkwing mm. Duck. Oh yeah, but you also have Club Thirty Three. Oh yes, uh, but uh, that hat. 
I think I've got a NASA on here, you too. You do have a NASA. Yeah, yeah, that's a NASA. Well, I am the terror that flaps in the night, so that explains that. But, yeah, I ended up, uh, I got to go to Club 33 once for a party, and I was, uh, and it's funny because uh, I got invited, and I thought, gosh, it's on a Tuesday. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> What? Yeah, yeah, I know. And my agent goes, Do, you didn't really read the invitation, did you? And I go, well, no, I, I just thought it was Tuesday and I was thinking of the kids. You know, I'm a daddy bear. It's, I'm, I'm like, I'm a papa bear first and foremost. Like, your agent's probably trying to strangle going, you. No, it's, it's a party in your honor, Jim. Read the bottom. You're the honoree. You're so going, I can't even tell you. Shut up and go. How about that? How about that? How about that? Oh, okay. And I got a cool pin. <laughs> It's only at Club 33, and it's only in your honor. You yeah, know, I know. The kids, you know, the kids. <sighs> but it was Tuesday. Yeah, well, okay. apparently you can raise kids without even being in their lives. So, you... yeah, uh, Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> You'd think I could have given up on that Tuesday. And I, and I did. You, you got, got a pin. babysitter. Yeah. That's you need right. the pin. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's hard. It's, and it's good you haven't lost it. I took Raleigh, so it was cool. That's awesome. Oh, um, you actually got to take Raleigh. Yeah. That's see, really sick. So see. If she, she's in Chicago? No, no, no. Uh, the Film Fest was. Okay. Yeah. If she's in L.A., bring her in here. We'd love to she talk is. to her. I will. She yeah. will and, and stuff like that. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. Jim, is there anything else you'd like to promote on the show today while you're in the studio with us? <sighs> mm, gosh, uh, well, Goldie and Little Bear is coming out soon. Uh, I'm the Big Bad Wolf typecast again. Speaking <laughs> of villains. Uh, Animal Crackers, which I hope is going to stay the name, uh, I, with my protege, Jean Cleese. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that, we believe that. And yeah. uh, a few other things. Sava, Heart of a Warrior is coming out. Uh, See Mila Jovovich, and uh, anyway, I'm I'm uh, some, sort of a you like Tinkerbell pirates uh, coming out. Yeah, too, it's right? kind of cool. Yeah, Tinkerbell and the Pirate Fairy. That's out. Uh, buy too many of those. Thank you very much. And uh, Christmas is coming. Like yeah, Christmas is coming. Stuff those stockings and uh, Darkwing Duck box sets. Don't forget those. No, I'm kidding. And I've got some lovely socks for sale. Uh, but I anyway, no. Are there any plans to revive Darkwing Duck? You know, I think they, I think we should start a, a, there was a fake Kickstarter on April Fool's Day last really? year, which I had a lot of fun doing. But, um, you, you know, saw the I fan response say, from it, I'm sure. <coughs> oh my gosh. <clears throat> People thought it was real. But I think Tad Stones, the originator, the creator, and Ginny McSwain, the, uh, she, I always say that they're Darkwing's parents. So uh, you two guys get busy out there and call up the powers that be. I think we should just write one and do one and see what happens. And maybe, you know, the, the, the powers at the House de la Mouse will say things like, sure. Like, let's make a movie. Why not? I don't know. I'm just saying. Let's do it. Yeah. Jim, I want to thank you so much for joining thank us today you, for The Voice Of. It's been such a pleasure. Very cool. Thanks Literally for inviting me out to play. a legend in in the making still. In my I mean, own still, mind. still legend, though. Yeah, thank you. Thank um, you. Where can we find you on Twitter? Where can fans keep up with you? Yeah, and- at Jim Cummings, at me. Uh, that's, that's me. And uh, it's Tara Strong's fault that I was on there. We were sitting there waiting for a job uh, like a year or so ago. She goes, you on Twitter? No. Hand me your phone. She's going to get you on Vine if you meet her again. You are. What? And then there's like a thousand followers because she said so. So, <laughs> so Tara, see what you've done. Her, her Vines are crazy. Uh, her Vines are crazy. Yeah, yes. They're ridiculous. Is that a euphemism for some? Oh, oh, vi- oh, you mean the actual? I got it. Right. So. <laughs> oh, God. Guys, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to this. To this. You'll find it, of course, on YouTube. I'll send you everything. And uh, if you guys can go to iTunes, rate and comment. Leave us a comment about what you think of the interviews. Give us five stars. And go to iTunes, leave a comment on the interview. And maybe Mr. Jim Cummings himself will see 
said comment. Maybe. I mean, See? he's a busy guy. That's right. He's a busy guy. Darkwing Duck has people to save, a That's world right. to save. Plus, I'm like half Amish. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> no internet there. Guys, you can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux, S T E P H E N L E M I E U X. Follow me there for more interviews with The Voice of, and stay tuned for more episodes of The Voice of with your favorite voice actors here on AfterBuzz TV. We will see you next time. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only. Do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.